Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. You go ahead and have a seat. Let me add my welcome. Who can, can we just have another amen for that last song, right? Amen. Love never fails, never gives up. Who needed to hear that today? I know I know, I did. So, uh, man, what a great uh, morning. Start to the morning already. Uh, excited about uh, what we're going to be uh, going over today as well. In just a moment, as Pastor Dave said, uh, Tony and Dave, myself, will be up here. And we're just going to, the purpose of today is this, is, is we realize that uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, we, we launched a vision, a, a new vision for, for Northbridge. Nothing was wrong with what we were doing, but we just kind of began to refocus some things and some thoughts, and we kind of launched a new vision called Standing in the Gap. And so we started that, and uh, then lo and behold, a couple of months into it, uh, something that none of us probably ever thought we would experience, never thought could happen, but a huge event took place. And no, I'm not talking about the NBA shutdown. That was a drastic thing. But I'm talking about a pandemic that happened, right? A pandemic came, and then all of a sudden, we kind of had to shift gears and move in different directions right as we launched this vision. And so that's kind of the purpose of today is we want to kind of revisit some of that. We want to refocus a little bit of that. And we want to also talk about some things that will be moving forward in the next few months, in the next year to come. And so with that being said, just to start our time together, just to get our, our minds kind of in the right place, to get our, our, our thoughts kind of folks in the right place. Let's watch a video, a video that we've created or that they had created. We've watched this a couple of times, but also it's a great video just to kind of put us back in focus. So go ahead and play that video, Marcus. standing in the gap when we see hundreds of our friends and family give their lives to the Lord Jesus. We will do this by inviting them to come and see, and by going into our world praying, caring, and sharing with people the Lord puts in our path of influence. We will be standing in the gap when we join with others to do life together in small groups for the purpose of support and growth as we read the Bible together, pray together, and share together. We will be standing in the gap as we join together each week to worship the living God. In so doing, we will experience life change. Our families will be strengthened and the gospel will be proclaimed. As we enter into worship, the Lord will join us and he will meet our felt and unfelt needs through his transformational power. We will be standing in the gap as we join our lives and resources to meet the needs of our community by serving them in both big and small ways. Our community is made up of hurting kids and people without hope who find themselves cast aside by the world. 
we will enter into their lives to provide the answer of the risen Jesus who wants to redeem and restore them. We will be standing in the gap as we participate in multiple mission opportunities locally and globally. We know that the work is too great for one church to accomplish, so we will endeavor to grow our partnership with networks and organizations that are intent on expanding the kingdom across the nations. We know we are standing in the gap as we see families strengthened because marriages are welded together by faith in Jesus. We will work to see dads present in their families, loving and raising their kids. We will embrace single people to enter into our family culture. They will become our brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, even our moms and dads, knowing they have gifts that will strengthen and bless the family. We know we are standing in the gap as we are known in our community as a house of prayer. Our family, friends, and neighbors will be seeking out our church to pray for the needs in their lives. We will not stop doing this until Jesus calls us heavenward. In this work, God's kingdom will expand, Satan's dominion will shrink, thousands will be saved, and hundreds of leaders will be developed and called into the work ahead of us. Will you stand in the gap? I ask again, will you stand in the gap? Very good. Just a moment ago, those two lights turned red, and I thought we just got X'd, mm. like we were on uh, uh, America's Got Talent for a second. <laughs> a couple people bu- yeah. buzz their buzzers. Buzz their buzzers yeah. at us. So, Well, gentlemen, here we are. And so, as I said, um, about a year and a half ago, January of 20, we uh, launched a, a vision of Standing in the Gap. The idea is to encourage uh, our folks, our church, to stand in the gap for those who are, who are hurting, who are broken, who are lost. Um, we used words uh, that we three words that were very Im- important in that in that vision were prayer, care, and share. The idea that uh, as we pray and as we pray for God to uh, show us folks in our lives who are hurting, show us people in our lives who are broken, uh, show us people who we are in contact with daily that are that are lost. That as we pray for them, uh, that we look for opportunities to to care for them. And when we do that, and, and as we build those relationships with people, it gives us an opportunity to share, to share in their lives. And so we'd kind of unpacked all that, and we were moving forward, and then March hit, and uh, boom, we had just like a, a major uh, shutdown in uh, the economy. We had a major shutdown in, in lives of everyone. So just to, to get things going, you know, the cool thing is that even in the midst of that, that God still did some pretty amazing things. I mean, even in the midst of that, uh, as we were able to lay that out in those first few months, we still saw God and we have seen God doing amazing things uh, that uh, have allowed us to continue to, 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 to move forward in that. So let's just start by talking about just what, if, what are some of the things that we can just celebrate in and just say, yay, God, for those moments that uh, we have seen our folks or this church uh, stand in the gap for, for people. 
I think one thing for me um, is I thought with, with COVID coming in and us not being able to meet on a weekly basis in person, that it would truly um, decrease our connectivity with one another. Mm. And I, th I think where I, I see uh, this church is really responding well in, and that is just using um, their weekly times with each other in small group, mm. coming together, remaining connected in ways, and maybe it was through a lot of times through um, the internet or yeah, through was, Zoom calls. That was difficult at times. It was difficult, but I, I think for us, and at least may, maybe in our, my small group, um, we had an individual um, that had uh, been wanting to find a deeper way to connect with Northbridge, but because of her fiscal um, situations in life, she could not do so. Mm -hmm. And so she joins us weekly by um, by uh, the iCampus to worship with us, but she really can never get to that next level of connectivity um, with this church. And so, believe it or not, when COVID took over and we all had to go and experience life that she experiences mm -hmm. on a weekly basis of learning how to connect with one another, um, it really just drew her into our into the fold of our of our relationship building as a small group. And mm -hmm. at the end of this year, as we were saying, you know, uh, goodbye for the summer. Um, she just shared a lengthy time, a lengthy story about how our our group had really come alongside of her and loved her, and allowed her to really truly for the first time be a part of of this of this church community. She felt finally she had um, overcome that last barrier of just really developing relationships. So I, I believe that what COVID has really taught us is that no matter what barrier is there, we can overcome that um, through the power of Christ, through the, through the maybe just the ingenuity of just saying, I'm, I need to find a new way of connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just want to celebrate that moment because I think that that went across the board, not just in our small, my small group, but every small group that we just learned how to really care for one another, communicate directly with one another in new ways, and, um, and stay um, bound together even though COVID kind of tried to separate us. Yeah, And you know that we had even people that if you think about it I mean that small group time I know for some was their only only mode of communicating with other people outside their home because their jobs had been shut down uh, they were staying at home and so they weren't still going to work and so that moment or those those that hour hour 15 was the only time they connected with someone other than their wife and kids mm -hmm. or their or their their uh, husband and kids at, at home and that was that was i mean i will say this it wasn't the ideal form of of uh, of small group but gosh it still was connection and it still was us standing in the gap for each other definitely yeah <clears throat> you know for me i think uh, and and you guys tell me am i the only one here that sometimes thinks Okay, when I make these statements about life or I make statements, faith statements about living for God, it's easy for us to make those statements when life is good and everything's in control, mm -hmm. right? But, but do you guys ever sit back and go, well, what if things were really bad? Would I really be faithful if, like, my entire family was mm -hmm. against me being a part of a church mm -hmm. family? Or if all my, all my resources were gone, would I be faithful to tithe? Would I be faithful if it was really hard? I mean, you know, we've all had those thoughts, haven't we? I mean, you guys have had that. This means yes. This means no. I mean, I think you're the only one. Tony. I think I'm the only one, I guess, that sometimes <laughs> wondering what it would be like if, uh, if it wasn't easy to be a Christ follower, right? Uh, well, let's face it. There were, there were weeks and months at times where it wasn't easy to be a Christ follower 
during that time. I mean, you think about it, there were even mm -hmm. some elements, you know, there was some elements, fortunately not mm -hmm. the main ones, but there mm -hmm. was some fringe elements that were even kind of impugning the idea of it mm -hmm. being socially irresponsible, being hateful even mm -hmm. as Christ followers to gather together, mm -hmm. right? That that was the, that was the, Epi the epitome of selfishness mm -hmm. to come together and worship God that how dare you think that and and you know there were a number of times where I, during my prayer where I was like well God I guess we're going to see what we're made of mm -hmm. I guess mm -hmm. we're going to see what this congregation is made of and mm -hmm. you know unlike any other time certainly in the history of Northbridge there is no better opportunity for people to say you know what we're going to be a little less giving we're going to mm -hmm. be a little less generous because we don't know what the future holds people could say, you know what, we're going to be a little less focused on other people mm -hmm. because we're really, we're dealing with some major mm -hmm. issues in our lives now. Uh, we're going to be more focused just on our family and less focused on the, on the body. Uh, you know, that's what I was battening the hatches for mm -hmm. and preparing our leadership to endure. Mm -hmm. And we experienced just the opposite, didn't right. we? Yeah. Yeah. We experienced this church really coming together generosity as far as generosity goes we not just to the church but to the community we experienced uh you know i know pastor john pastor dave and and myself could, daily i would be getting phone calls from from you guys saying uh what can we do what can we do now who do we need to contact who do we need to reach out to how is so-and-so doing how is maybe a how are the older folks in our mm -hmm. church doing? How are the young families doing? How are, you know, and, and we were getting that on a regular basis, not once in a while, but on a daily basis, we were having a case where we we're hearing about how you mm -hmm. guys were caring for one another where you could and when you could. And uh, it was incredible to see that, uh, how that stepped up. We even, through that, even developed even a call team that was yeah. calling and checking on yeah. on folks and just seeing how their week was going, how their day was going. Because I got a phone call a couple of times by, yeah. by some folks, which was kind of very, very uplifting. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, kind of going off what Tony was saying a few moments ago, um, when we walked into March of last year, none of us knew what to expect, obviously. And there's always that in the back of your mind, you know, you know, how would this really change our community? I'm talking about the Northbridge community. There's a lot of a lot of churches out there, even in our own town, um, that they they worshiped together in March of, of 2020, and that was the last time mm -hmm. they were ever together. And they've yeah. never they didn't survive COVID. Mm -hmm. um, COVID, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, took them out, and um, and they closed their doors forever. And so for us to come out of it, I believe, stronger mm -hmm. than when we went into it. I mean, when we finally said, hey, let's come back together and, you know, and, and be together again, this place was, began to fill back up. And so it just really showed me that there is a depth to this church and that it's just not about what takes place for an hour on Sunday morning, but right. there's true community that is here. There's tremendous love that is here. There's tremendous concern that is here within this body that no matter what was thrown at us as in the middle of a crisis, this church not only survived, but this church thrived, I believe thrived in the midst of mm -hmm. um, the greatest um, impact that we've seen against us as a church family. So um, what does that mean for us going forward? I really believe it just shows us that we, through the power of Christ, can face whatever's thrown at us unexpectedly mm -hmm. in life. And yep. so I'm very encouraged by that. And, and I believe that goes back to what, you know, the standing in the gap is that 
in the midst of uncertainty, and we continued as a church, what more can we do in the midst of certainty? Mm-hmm. You know, meaning coming back together, doing life again like we used to do. I believe there's greater opportunities there for us. Yeah. I think, too, of the, uh, just the opportunities that we were very strategic and still found ways to serve uh, you know, outside the church. Um, if you think about it, uh, we still had an Easter egg hunt. Now, granted, it was scaled down, but it was very strategic in how it was, and it still was an opportunity. A gospel was shared that morning. A gospel was shared Easter Sunday. A gospel was shared uh, Good Friday service. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we had opportunities where we actually had, in the midst of that, people who were from outside the church that still were able to hear a clear message of the gospel. Um, we had a GIC in the midst of of the, a pandemic, mm-hmm. which everyone thought we should have canceled or thought we would cancel. Um, and then even uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, still kind of moving out of this uh, pandemic, we had a mission trip. And I, I'll tell you what, you know, maybe just because we haven't been able to have that experience or experience that from a group of people in so long, but man, what an encouraging, yeah. what an mm-hmm. encouraging Sunday that was. I mean, that was just that just filled my cup. Even till today, I'm, my cup yeah. is still filled from just hearing those stories. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that I think should give every person encouragement too is really through all of those experiences, we were threading the needle because mm-hmm. we weren't going with abandon, saying, "Well, by golly, we're going back to our schedule as quick as we can," and you know, and who cares what the consequences mm-hmm. are? This is the right thing. Let's be people of faith. But we really were asking the question, how can we do what we believe the Lord's calling us to do and yet be as as health conscious as possible, uh, focused on people's individual safety? Because clearly, you know, just as you said, Dave, Mm -hmm. this this is our people. Mm -hmm. You know, we are we are our community. Mm -hmm. None of us want to see someone get sick. None of us want to see someone get hurt. I I honestly at the beginning of the at the beginning of that experience, and you're hearing numbers that were being thrown at us by the health department and by the community of what could be, and you know, remember those days, there were some could be numbers that were scary. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking as a pastor, what's it gonna be like if I am standing weekly at people's homes doing funerals, not once or twice, but 15 or 20 times in a month or two months mm-hmm. over COVID, you know? And started preparing myself, thinking, what would what could that look like for, for us? How do we how do we handle that? Well, through that whole process, you know, I I don't want to say the word proud, even though I am proud. I don't think that's the right way, but uh, but I report to you that you realize we have, as a faith body, we have not had a single event of COVID generated because of the gathering or the meeting of Northbridge Church. Uh, and that's something to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because there have been a lot of churches that were uh, super spreaders. There have been a lot of churches that had a, uh, an event, and the next thing you know, every, every staff member has been sick for two weeks, and they had to shut down. Uh, uh, whole Sunday school classes and whole small groups would be us ill and shut down. And, uh, and I'm not sharing that to say, well, we're better than them or, well, or anything like that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we work very hard to say what safety precautions can we take that that we can do that would help and i believe those paid off i believe those things paid off to this point and uh and so i can be confident when i when we're like okay when we've met together you know we've done everything we could to provide a safe place for our 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 seniors for our our uh married with children our young marrieds our children Mm -hmm. you know 
Speaking, so, so that kind of moves us to the to the next uh, kind of the next uh, thought um, in the fact of you know we did we we had to do a lot of things at the very beginning that maybe we didn't want to do but we knew were things that we needed to do just to keep our our folks safe all the way from completely shutting down and going virtual services um, to when we started kind of opening back up we started doing uh, what sign-ups is that right it was sign-ups uh, I think we were allowed 50 in the room at a time and so we would do virtual sign and then we still did virtual um, we completely shut down small groups and went to virtual small groups uh, for that very reason because we felt like masking uh, we said we were going to continue to be good stewards and good citizens and, and abide by uh, the, the city government rules and, and we did a good job of that but as we have seen things open back up and, and continue to open up, uh, Lord willing, continue to open up. And, and because, I mean, obviously, as we're seeing the last couple of weeks, things can change, you know, on a dime. But our goal is to continue to move forward in the fall. Uh, and so let's talk about some of those things that, that we want to continue to move forward with uh, as long as uh, the, the Lord continues to protect us and bless us. <laughs> I think the most obvious one would be uh, right now we're still on a, uh, a, a very staggered schedule, meaning our first hour. So you guys experiencing first hour, things feel pretty uh, similar, pretty much the same as they did before COVID. Uh, but our second hour folks would, would still feel a very keen difference to what you experience because we don't offer nursery or child care, uh, and nor do we offer our uh, kids zone experience to our kids in second hour and that needs to change and we plan for that to change uh, at the end of August going into September uh, we our, our goal is for us to be able to have our fully integrated worship experience uh, for both hours of worship again uh, for that to change though that requires the same kind of level of volunteerism mm -hmm. and serving that we had pre-COVID. And right. and the reason I'm sharing that with you now is I understand, you know, the old, uh, is, was it Newton that, that you know, the, the, the law of these these dynamic laws, you know, a, a stone at rest tends to stay at rest. A stone moving tends mm. to continue to move. Mm. And, and there's been some of us that have been resting now for a while. Mm. Uh, mm. And it's time to start pushing that stone again mm. and begin moving. And that's been intentional, too. I mean, yeah, we, we, we intentionally said, hey, we're not going to have a lot of volunteers around our kids. We're not going to have a lot of volunteers yeah. in our nursery before safety reasons, because yeah. we wanted to have the same people in the same place so yeah. that the, we can uh, control, you know, control that, that yeah. contact and things like that. And so that That's was right. an intentional thing. That absolutely was. Uh, and so now we're needing to, to broaden that mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so it's going to require, you know, some of you will be getting invites from from uh, Jacob again and from from the Kids Zone team. And uh, and there'll be some of you will be getting invites from from uh, Dana and from Tammy to mm -hmm. uh, reintegrate yourself into the kid into the nursery uh, suite and begin working with all our littles again. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that will be a big change that will be coming in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any other changes that maybe we need to address or look at? Uh, Dave, I, I don't want to hog. Did you have an idea? No, I I was just going to I was I, I'm probably changing a little bit here, but I think oh, that boy, for going off script know, once again, it's just always Dave. Yeah, I know. It, I am uh, that way. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, for the past year, we've it's been about really internal stuff right mm -hmm. and just kind of refocusing on on community within 
uh, Northbridge. And I think what I'm, I'm kind of excited about is to see now that we are at a place where we're more open um, to kind of go back to the normal aspects is, is how we are going to thread that, that needle in reaching out to our community yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward uh, to the opportunity of, of not really focusing, focusing a lot of attention on ourselves, though that was needed, mm-hmm. needed during, during this crisis to really begin to go back to the, the stand in the gap aspect of our, mm-hmm. of, our, of our vision, and that is, you know, the community around us continues to hurt. And I would believe they've suffered more under COVID. You know, mm-hmm. there's more broken relationships. There's more broken and shattered dreams um, uh, that went through COVID. And it's going to be going to be good for us to go reconnect once again with our community. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I was very encouraged, to be real honest with you, um, when the sign-up went, went for, um, for this trip to Colorado. Mm-hmm. I was curious to see what the response was going to be. You know, obviously we knew that there was going to be some of our students that are going that were going to go. But just to see the adults that said, hey, I'm going to take out a week of families that said, we as a family unit are going to go and be a part of this mission yeah. trip, greatly encouraged me to say that I believe there's something, an, an undercurrent amongst us that we really truly want to reconnect um, in doing ministry outside of our walls. So I'm looking forward to that change and to seeing how God orchestrates that individually, um, how God orchestrates that through our small group opportunities, and, and maybe how God orchestrates that through opportunities to connect with our partners, through missions partners that we have available, but looking forward yeah. to seeing that happen. You know, with that, Dave, my, uh, my thought is what I was learning in this experience has been the, the phrase that we use, stand in the gap. Uh, has been a rally cry for us as a reminder for us of what our call is as Christ followers. And, uh, and the realization is really uh, when we're talking to folks around us, our community around us, we really have two different conversations that we should have in our minds to take. And one of, it, one of those conversations is indeed, hey, if you come to Northbridge Church, this could be a place where you're going to have an expectation to stand in the gap. If you're a Christ follower, if you're a maturing, growing follower, uh, then know that we're going to expect you to stand in the gap, to do your part uh, in the community, to do your part in our body. That's one conversation. That's a conversation we've been working on and we've been practicing and we've been having for the last year. But uh, this past spring, a realization occurred that there's another person out there that we also work very hard to attract and very hard to connect to Northbridge. And that is a person that is Far from God. That is a person who is, uh, uh, does not have Christ in their life. That is a person that if you'd say, hey, if you come to Northbridge, uh, we're inviting you to come and stand in the gap. Quite frankly, they don't have the tools to stand in the gap. They don't have the maturity to stand in the gap. They don't have the capability to stand in the gap. And for those people, uh, I'm discovering and learning that the conversation needs to be a reminder, and maybe for some people it's the first time they've ever heard it, that when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to life. Mm-hmm. You know? And so uh, we don't want to become a church where we're so good at gathering people that stand in the gap that when those folks who are just learning for the very first time that when they say yes to Jesus, they are saying yes to to true life, that those people don't feel welcome because they're not Mm -hmm. ready to stand in the gap because Mm -hmm. they don't have the capabilities to stand in the gap because, quite frankly, we might be standing in the gap for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm discovering that that is part of who we are and that is part, that needs to be a part of our rally that needs to be a part of our cry 
that yes, we are people who stand the gap. And what are we standing the gap for? We're standing the gap to proclaim the message that when people say yes to Jesus, mm -hmm. they say yes to life. Mm, right. Yeah. So moving forward then, because you kind of transitioned us there. I mean, you, you're right. This idea of staying in the gap is, is much more of a personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship. And, you know, previously, it's kind of interesting to me, you know, previously, not that, not that what we practiced before was wrong, but it was definitely much more um, of an invite than it was a personal connection. You know, I mean, we invited people to, hey, invite your friends, come to church. It's, it's great to get a good cup of coffee. We've got a great band and, and, uh, and hear hopefully an inspirational message, you know, or inspiring message. You know, that was kind of our go-to, you know. And, and now we're asking people to kind of change that a little bit. And, and we're asking people to make these one-on-one -on -one personal connections. The thing is, is that when we find someone who's broken or we find someone who is lost, it's easiest for us to help in that moment, fix that brokenness, fix that problem, and hopefully even have an opportunity to fix that lostness. But then a lot of times it stops there. Mm -hmm. It just stops there, and then we say, all right, peace out, and we're out of here, you know? And so that person's just kind of left there, you know? So, you know, that is something that we've talked about as well over the summer, the three of us, and, and nothing that we have definite plans on, but let's, let's unpack that a little bit as far as what's next? You know, what is, what is some of our hopes that we want to see moving forward when it comes to this idea of standing in the gap for those and those, those relationships that we build? Yeah. Is, that a, is that a fair question? That's a fair question. I, and I'll ask us here in this room, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'd ask people online to respond to Heather with this. A simple question, just show of hands. Who here could say, you know, there has been a time, a very distinct time in my life, if you're a Christ follower, there has been a very distinct time in my life where someone pulled me aside for a season. Season might have been six or eight weeks. The season might have been a year. But they pulled me aside, and they were very intentional in teaching me some of the fundamentals of what it means to be a Christ follower. You know, uh, discipleship. Mm -hmm. I'm talking mm -hmm. about intentional discipleship. By a show of hands, who's yeah. experienced that? You know? Yeah. And I'm looking, and it's about 50-50. And you know what? That's actually really encouraging because uh, there's a lot of organizations, there's a lot of groups, Dave, that I'm going to guess if you were to ask that question, would be more like about 10 or 15 percent would raise their hands. Uh, 50 percent is a good number, but you know what? I, I believe that that is a norm. That should be a norm of who we are where we, we champion small groups and we continue to champion the idea of doing life with a group of people, but then also besides that, Championing, we need to be people that when someone comes new to the faith or someone is maybe in a new experience in their lives, maybe, maybe a new mom or a new dad, maybe a person that's transitioning into a new marriage, maybe a person that is no longer married and they're trying to figure out what life is to look like now, that those people have a place to go and have people that they could connect to to walk alongside of them for a season in their life to do some intentional mentoring, mm -hmm. some intentional discipleship. That's been an area where I've been paying attention to and have been opening up my life. And currently there's, there's three or four folks that I gather with on a weekly or a bi-weekly, bi-monthly, twice a month. That's what mm -hmm. I'm trying to communicate. And we just gather together to do some intentional Bible study uh, with the understanding of with those people of, hey, you know, when we're done here, I want you to be ready to be able to go and do the same thing for someone around you. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? 
And uh, I believe that's a, a big mm-hmm. area, John, that, yeah. that we are equipped as a church to how do we take a new Christ mm-hmm. follower and walk with them for a season mm-hmm. so that then they can become Christ followers right. who are doing what? Reproducing Reducing. themselves. Right. Well, isn't that what Jesus commanded yeah, the disciples exactly. to do? Exactly. Right? Therefore, go make disciples. Yeah. You know, and so uh, definitely so. So discipleship has, has changed yeah. over the years, and, and my life has been impacted through discipleship. And, uh, and discipleship is basically building relationships and intentional relationships with one another to bring people to know Christ and to, to follow Christ in their life. And, and what discipleship may have looked like in the early 2000s and even you know, the turn of this decade is a lot different than it is today. And I believe that when, when we first had that model of just inviting people to church, that would be like the open door to discipleship, inviting people to a, to a large group gathering like this. I believe that our world has changed so drastically in the past decade that maybe inviting people to church and to a gathering like this may be the second or third step in the discipleship process. Mm-hmm. But what, what I really believe is really important in the discipleship process is just being available to developing those relationships where God has placed you, whether that be in your work environment, in your neighborhood, and in connectivities with your friendships that you already have, um, and then just being and just being present and just being intentional in those relationships um, to, to speak truth to, to them, to love them, and to encourage them. I believe there's a definite, maybe you two men, I don't know how you, you, you see this, but I see there's, a, there's even a greater resistance to the gospel, to the church as a whole in our society now. And I really believe that the breakthrough is going to be through intentional relationships that, that we have with individuals. And it's just not a one-time meeting, but it's just over and over and over again being present in people's lives, mm-hmm. um, being present in, in the good times, being present in the bad times, being present and being willing to sit down and over coffee or whatever you may want to do to, to, to share the gospel with an, an individual. I think that's where it's going to take place, and we're going to see incredible uh, growth take place. I love, and, and I know it's, been, it was, it's a part of, of our, our written documents, but just to hearing it on the video, um, talking about how we desire to see the kingdom of God impacted and, and the kingdom of Satan diminished, um, that is going to come through intentional, personal discipleship. I really believe that. And the discipleship at times is going to look like evangelism, um, when in, 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 and sometimes it may look like that way, but I think when we have long-term desire to connect with people, um, we're going to see great, great things. I think we're going to see great, great things where people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ in large ways. That's, yeah. My, yeah. that's my prayer. That's my hope. Mm-hmm. But I really believe that this church has that ability. And, you know, to experience that, just to report to you all and, uh, and no, so that you guys can be encouraged, too. Uh, you know, we see when look at our kids in our kids zone area. There are a whole generation of children that uh, have yet to say yes to Christ. And, uh, and so mm-hmm. I'm excited as we see them coming to faith one by one, mm-hmm. trickling in. That's a mission field that our church is handed. But, but, and, and, I, and I, just as a dad, I report to you, uh, some of you knew this, but on July 3rd, you know, my son Dax came to Christ mm-hmm. and uh, prayed mm-hmm. to receive Jesus on that, that evening after we were mm-hmm. talking and reading up from, uh, from his Bible uh, about Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm reminded of that. 
But, but then just a few days later, then I'm having a discussion with a, with a mother uh, on Wednesday after Bible study. Uh, we got together. Uh, this is a family that's been with us for uh, well over a year. Uh, and, and her story of just how God has been working in her life to the point of where uh, just a few weeks before our conversation, she's saying yes to Jesus in the field as she's working mm. and uh, mm. wanting to come forward mm -hmm. for believers baptism and experience mm. that Praise God. Uh, so we're seeing those things happening just as you said Dave mm -hmm. uh, not because uh, we give this great sermon have an altar no. call and people walking mm -hmm. down but because of life on life contact and people engaging with you engaging with this church engaging in our worship times and then in life saying, this is what I need. This is what I want to have in my life. It makes me better. It mm -hmm. truly they're saying, when I said yes to Jesus, I'm saying yes to life. Mm -hmm. So in Luke chapter 10, uh, a man comes to Jesus and asks him what he must do to in inherit eternal life. And, and Jesus says, well, what does the law say? Yeah. And the man said, well, the law says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And so, and Jesus responds back to him. He, he shares with him the, the story of the Good Samaritan. In the end, he asked him, well, who was his neighbor? And, it was, and he, the man says, it was the, man, it was the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, then go do likewise. I believe that, that we have a calling to be men and women who carry mercy with us. Mm -hmm. And whatever that discipleship may look like, I have no idea. I think God, God will, will set up circumstances in our lives that are so unique um, because he loves people who are very, very far from him. He loves yeah. them. Yeah. And the conduit of bringing people that he loves to him is you and I and us, mm -hmm. right? And so don't underestimate what God can do in and through you. Yeah. All he's looking for is your availability. And all of us have that opportunity to be available to people. And I think I may have mentioned this before on stage, but in my line of work, and I, I work with those who are, who are poor, who are marginalized in life, and we have found out in the past two years that the vast majority of people that we minister to, uh, you know, and, and that are going through some impoverished situations have never connected with a, a Christian, have never been, ever have stepped foot inside of a church, but we are seeing people come to Christ, and I mean coming to Christ on a daily basis where I work at because they are tr simply loved. Mm -hmm. if, we would, if you would just be available to mm -hmm. love people and just see what God will do through that, I think you would be amazed. And so um, I, I say this, discipleship may seem scary, right? Oh my gosh, I have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to be able to unpack revelation to people. No, you, don't have, you just have to be available and love people. Love people as you love God, yeah. right? Yeah. And show yeah. them mercy. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up yeah. here, okay? And, and uh, I hope, uh, you know, well, I'll say this. I, I am so proud, and I know you two are, to be a part of this fellowship. Uh, so. These people, you out here, are incredible, incredible people. Mm. And I know you love each other. I know you love others. Mm. And that is why this church is thriving. Yeah. That is why this church is thriving. And so, uh, so, so proud of being a part of, of this body. Yeah, and I just say to you, as your pastor, as your friend, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for just wanting to make Christ first in your life. Thank you for uh, being willing to stand in the gap for other people. 
uh, that I, mm -hmm. I love I, with John here, that love to be able to serve with you. Mm -hmm. I love being mm -hmm. in community with you. Yes. Yeah. yes. All right. I'm going to ask you guys just to bow your heads. And mm -hmm. as we do that, I'm going to ask the band to, to come on up. And as you, as you bow your heads, you know, here's, here's the thing. Today, we didn't necessarily have a, uh, a sermon, per se, uh, but you're able to hear our hearts. Um, and so just, just in a moment, just as you have your heads bowed, would you just take a moment and just thank God for this fellowship? Thank God for the blessing of this church in your life. And then as you do that, would you just ask God that he would use you? As we've talked about standing in the gap, as we've talked about uh, being there for others, it is. It's, it's, it's a, sometimes a, a, a difficult thing. It's, uh, it's hard. But would you ask God to use you? Would he remove the barriers of fear? In your life? Would he remove the, the barriers of busyness in your life that maybe we just put ourselves with because it allows us not to connect with folks? And that he would give you a hunger to look for those who are hurting, for those who are broken, and for those who are lost around you. And maybe right now, someone's come to your mind. Maybe there's a person that's popped into your head right now. Would you take a moment and just pray for them right now? Whatever that need is, whatever that hurt is, maybe it's someone who you know who is lost, that just know, you know needs to experience Jesus. And ask God, would you use me? Would you use me in their life? Would you allow the barriers that disconnect us to be removed? And would you use me? And Father God, today we just collectively as a group, we say thank you for who you are. We say thank you, Father God, that you have pursued us to the end of time. Father God, we thank you that you have pursued us to the point of sending your son on a cross for us. And God, we just say thank you for that in our own lives. And Father God, just allow us to be a people who would want to see your kingdom advanced, your kingdom grown, God. Would you give us a hunger and, and, and just a, 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 a desire to see people around us who need to experience you and need to experience change? 
Father God, again, we just say thank you for who you are. Thank you for our time together today here, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that your spirit has moved in the hearts of, of your people today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.